From the enchanting streets of London to the sun-kissed shores of Hawaii, the abundant traveler has documented it all. And in this podcast, we unravel the stories behind her videos. I left when I was 22 with $300 in my pocket and a one-way plane ticket to London without a job and without a place to stay. Her empowering motivation. You just got to take that first step and go. Her logical reason. People are looking for places to stay. Her experiences. I've had the opportunity to go to 65 countries. Facts about traveling. It is less expensive to go to Europe and ski than it is to go to Colorado and Utah. You know, half of the United States doesn't have a passport. Tips on what to avoid. No, in 10 days, you do not want to go to Rome, Paris, Milan, Barcelona, Madrid, and then fly home. And the truth. It is absolutely, absolutely overwhelming for most people, and they don't even know how to start. Welcome to the Work Hard, Smile Large podcast. I'm your founder and host, Nicole Christofferson, and we explore various topics of people working hard in our community and smiling large. Today, I have a professional realtor with me, but that is not what she's on here to share with us. She also manages and shares with the world um, her travel tips for the abundant a traveler. So you can find Kim Wilkin at The Abundant Traveler on YouTube, but she is in studio with me here today. And she is such a sweetheart. And she's going to talk to us about what we need to know in the next year to plan ahead and, and be traveling and getting around. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Nicole. I'm super excited to be here. I, you know, started the brand The Abundant Traveler simply because women and people out there were not taking the time to travel. They were not making the effort and booking that plane flight and actually getting out there and going. Yeah. It's fearful and somewhat frustrating to figure out how to travel, what to do, how to get around, how to do it. So I started oh, there's this so many just for that. So many sites and pop-ups and and things that come at you when you do go to travel mm-hmm. that it could be overwhelming. I see that. It is absolutely, absolutely overwhelming for most people. And they don't even know how to start to plan or they don't know where to go. They just see an image somewhere along the way, but it's usually an Instagram image and it's not really reality yeah. of the so actual we're, So place. we're living vicariously through social media on our That's travel right. our we travel are. goals. <laughs> we are. We are. Well, I am not. And I know you certainly are not. But there are a lot of people that we do know and that follow you, I'm sure, yeah. that have been inspired by you. So yeah. you are inspiring travel. Yes. And getting out and exploring and learning what the world has to offer, yes. which is amazing. For sure. Absolutely. I've, I've had the opportunity to go to 65 countries. I've lived in five. And I just want to encourage people to get out there and go. Just that's the whole point of this. 65 countries. 65 countries. Intentionally trying to hit 65 countries or just bouncing around once you get to another continent and just checking off the numbers. Most of it was just bouncing around. Yep. To be honest, I didn't 
sort of calculate how many countries until recently. Yeah. And I didn't know I'd been to 65 countries. That is so, phenomenal. I've not sat down and done that. But I know that when I do go to certain locations, if it's a hop, skip, and a jump mm-hmm. to take a day trip and see another country and, and say I've done that, then yeah. I would. I'm totally adventure once I get to a destination that has close proximity to other things. For so. sure. For sure. I'd like to be what they call a centurion, which is 100 countries. Okay. I don't have any desire to hit all 193, but maybe 100 would be a good Good goal to hit. You're getting close. I'm getting there. You are past the halfway mark, so I don't doubt that you'll hit that. Um, Just real quick to like give reference or a um, understanding. So we're in 2023 right Uh now. We're nearing the holidays. Yes. And how many trips or how many travel experiences and adventures have you taken this year? This year, not as many as last year. Last year, I was overseas for four months. Um, Consistently. Two months at one time, uh, about three weeks, and then some other outline trips. Okay. Um, this year, I've been out of the country for three weeks only, and I've had a few trips, but just out of the country for three weeks. Okay. I'm a big skier. I'm a big winter traveler. Um, I love the idea of going to the Christmas markets in Europe, in Budapest or Prague, Vienna, Salzburg. And I'm also a big skier. So last year, I skied in Austria for three weeks where I actually lived. And then this year, I'm skiing come January. This January, I am going to be skiing in Switzerland oh, for beautiful. about two and a half weeks. It's beautiful so, there. Yeah. It's actually, to be honest, it is less expensive to go to Europe and ski than it is to go to Colorado and Utah. You know what? I just talked to my friends that live in Florida, and her husband's from the UK. And so they bounce around and get ski passes. Mm-hmm. And um, they were going to Colorado and Utah a lot. And they actually booked this trip this year and went to Switzerland. And mm-hmm. they were like, the ski schools are so much more affordable for mm-hmm. the kids. Their travel, their lodging, everything was way more affordable. Very, a little bit longer of a journey right. for them to get there, but worth the sacrifice. Because I know when I take my kids in the winter to experience the snow, which is not how I was raised. I was raised in white sandy beaches if I was getting out of our locale. But um, I do go and I've learned how to ski with my kids. Uh-huh. And it is difficult to swallow the cost yes. for how little time you're on the snow and mm-hmm. utilizing those services. It's mm-hmm. for me, it's, I mean, and I get it's hard work and I get that there's a lot of liability that comes with it, but holy cow. Holy cow. Well, <laughs> to ski in Vail right now is about $220 a day for a lift pass. Yep. You go to some of the most famous ski resorts in Europe and it's around 67 to $70 a day to ski for a ski pass. Yeah which is significantly different. Also, the hotels are less expensive and they do offer half board, which especially if you're with kids, half board board means that they give you breakfast in the morning, but they also have a sit down dinner every night. So you do not have to take your kids and go find a restaurant and all of that and traipse them around after dark in the snow. You have this half board and Dinners are provided and incredible food. Of yep. course, it's Europe. Incredible food in the mountains. Yep. So, oh, what it's a, great. What a good tip. So, um, winter travel definitely has its perks to jump yes. over an ocean and land on another continent. For sure. <laughs> and you also get to see such beautiful um, landscape, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a totally different ski experience mm-hmm. being in those countries and those hills, those mountaintops, because it's, it's they're amazing. just so much. Yeah. Okay. Stunning. So we want to know, yes, the abundant traveler. Uh-huh. What are the top things that your listeners, subscribers, followers 
want to know from you because I know you're a trusted resource to them and you are, I mean, you're exposed to the entire world with your YouTube channel. So Mm -hmm. what are the hot topics that always come up with your followers? People are looking for places to stay. Number okay. one, recommendations, recommendations okay. for places to stay because typically they're going to a location they've never been and they don't know where, what part of town to stay in, as well as what type of accommodation. Because across the world, a say a four star or a three star, depending on your budget, is not the same in different countries. Once you get to the five star level and you're talking about the big brands, those types of accommodation are relatively similar, but these lower price point and medium price point, and it's it's completely different. And you also want to make sure that you're staying close to all the activities. So absolutely. That's it one does thing take a little out. bit of research. We have we do that with some family friends of ours. We definitely co- contact people that we know have gone places to get their recommendations and tips and tricks. But you have to do quite a bit of poking around to yes. know where you're going to need to be and how mm-hmm. far your lodging is going to be from that and stuff. And mm-hmm. so, again, I think that falls back into that age demographic kind of like handicap of like maybe not being able to navigate the internet that well yeah. or being confident enough in your ability to navigate that mm-hmm. and pull that research together. Mm-hmm. So you're like a, um, what do you call it? A uh, travel... What do we call them when people used to plan our trips for us all the time? Well, there are travel agents, agents. out there. Yes. I'm not a travel agent. You're an advisor. I what I will do Inspire. is I'll do a I will do a consultation with you. Okay. Um, I can do a consultation and I can tell you tips, tricks, where to go, how to save money if you have X amount of days to go, how to find flights that are inexpensive where to go and what to do, but then it's up to you to book it. To book it. I am not a travel agent, never was a travel agent, never going to be a travel agent. Exactly. But I do know you do share tips on your YouTube channel with regards to the airlines. Yes. And how to get through the airport quickly and Mm -hmm. how to look for the best travel deals Mm -hmm. with airlines and Mm -hmm. such. Yes. So you do keep an eye on that and share it with your listeners. I do. I share everything because I've had so much experience in travel um, I am a travel expert, but not a travel advisor. I'm a consultant, but not a travel <laughs> advisor. I'm not going to book it for you. And I can share tips on really how to make your trips easier, more fun, less expensive, get more value out of every single day. And also when you're traveling, it's exhausting. So I know how to help you rejuvenate your life, make sure, you know, when is ideal to take time off and not overbook. I also a big thing, people try and do too much on their one vacation. So I kind of reel people in when I'm talking to them. No, in 10 days, you do not want to go to Rome, Paris, Milan, Barcelona and Madrid and then fly home. No, oh, not in 10 huge days. cities. So that's that's one of the things nice. that is really important. One of the things that I found helpful this year when we were going to be traveling to the same destination for mm-hmm. business, because we are also both real estate professionals yes. in the Austin um, area, Central Texas, Um but we were talking about booking airfare and everybody had their kept their eye on their flight costs and stuff. We were all trying to book it ahead of time. And you said one thing with regards to your status on an airline, mm-hmm. which I never, my bad here, and people may be like me, it's so funny, comment here if you want to, but I don't follow the point system on stuff or mm-hmm. the sale things or the status status of things, unless it's just handed to me or, or emailed to me and I get a voucher for it. And I'm like, okay, cool, that code, I'm going to plug it in. So I'm just maybe a little less focused on that. But I did start realizing that my status with the airline that I travel the most 
and my preferred status with them. There was no reason why I should be paying the premium to get the front of the line or the, you know, first access on the plane because my status awarded me that. Mm -hmm. So I've already saved my family thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. just knowing that. Yes. So the idea of credit card hacking or getting status on an airline or getting status on a hotel is not necessarily being cheap. It's being efficient. And once you have status on an airline or a hotel, the perks are absolutely amazing. You get free upgrades. If you're flying overseas on an airline, you can actually book a pay for a economy ticket. And if you have status, they will upgrade you. I'd say 50% of the time, or you can use a small amount of points to upgrade yourself. It just makes your life easier. Yeah. Same with hotels. Same with hotels with status. You get upgrades, you get perks, you get breakfast added, and it's efficient. When you're traveling on your own and you're a solo traveler, it's nice to be able to sit in a restaurant inside your hotel with a bunch of other travelers in the morning because you don't know who you might meet. Yep. If you're with a family, it is great not to have to go hunt breakfast for your kids. Yep. And when you have status at a particular hotel, breakfast is usually always included. So Mm -hmm. that's what we started doing with our American Express is I have the luxury hotels like, Mm -hmm. you know, add on for that. And it's been phenomenal for us. It's amazing. Yeah. We always get breakfast the next day and free upgrades and and whatever else they're willing to offer us. Mm -hmm. We'll take it. Candy on the whatever. Candy Mm -hmm. at check-in. Kids love that too. Um, So the abundant traveler also bleeds in or is synonymous with the um, eight your real estate company. So I thought uh-huh. we would just touch on that yeah, a little bit because we help people find homes and then we go find other little homes to temporarily rest in while we're traveling That's true. too. <laughs> That's true. So um, I have a, a group called the Abundant Property Group. And so I tie in the lifestyle with real estate, with travel as well. My clients like to travel. My clients like hearing about travel. Actually, some of my clients have been on trips with me uh, because I do organized trips. And then so we have the Abundant Traveler and the Abundant Property Group. And it's a perfect way to marry my two lives together, to be honest. I know. And I was wanting to ask you now that we're at both at a global digital brokerage Mm -hmm. with your travel and knowing that we have Air, uh, agents and peers and colleagues in all these other countries, are you connecting with them and going to see yourself maybe having that benefit you on your travel with regards to knowing the realtors in those different countries? Because we're in 23 countries now mm-hmm. um, yes. and making those professional connections and referral partnerships. Yes, absolutely. The connections have been phenomenal yeah. um, with a global brand that we're, you know, we are with a global brand in all of these countries. And so now basically everywhere I'm going to travel to, I can connect with other colleagues and people are asking me and there's so many people that want second homes. There are a lot of people that are leaving, not necessarily leaving the U.S., but moving to other countries, being expats and want to buy property. So those connections across the world are super helpful. And also when people are looking for things across the world, my travel experience is also very helpful to them because I can tell them a little bit about culture and lifestyle and what it's like if they're going to decide to go live overseas or buy because something. Because that's so true. You can get yourself to another destination, but adapting to their culture is huge. Is rewarding and challenging and huge is like an understatement because it can be overwhelming. And um, and that's the fun of traveling. Uh-huh. So like, I don't want people to think that that's like scary, but yeah, it's the culture is definitely the best 
Mm-hmm. It's like a free book of, on life, you know, yes. when you get to just sit and immerse yourself in another culture and put yourself in that place and not just rely on the internet to teach you something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so much more enriching for you and valuable. There are, when you travel now, uh, not only is there Airbnb as far as places to say, there's Airbnb experiences, which are people like you and me who put on an experience in our hometown. Or there is something called Eat With, where you actually go to someone's home in that country and you may sit down with 10 other travelers and they cook a a traditional dinner in whatever country that's in. So there are a lot of things that you can do now that are immersing yourself in the culture that you used to not be able to. And that just raised my question for our listeners, um, safety. Like are there safety precautions and things that you like have found have been the most beneficial for you? Because over time in our world's growing, the population's growing so much, standards, you know, all kinds of things are changing so much with travel. Like, what's your number one safety tip for traveling? Uh, being female, don't arrive in the location after dark. Yep. Um, go ahead and have the first full day have someone picking you up at the airport that you know, uh, especially in, I'd say, a third world country rather than trying to do an Uber or something like that. Um, also, you know, don't drink too much when you travel. <laughs> Because you just don't, you lose your every, you know, things are just not the same. And when yeah, you've had your too sense much of direction drink. when yeah. you're in an unfamiliar place, you mm-hmm. want to make sure you can get back to your hotel yeah. or wherever you're staying safely. That makes sense. And also when I'm traveling by myself, I stay in less Airbnbs and more hotels. Okay. Because an Airbnb, I'm on my own. I don't have somebody to ask help. Mm-hmm. I also could be locking an, a, a, unlocking a door by myself at like 10 o'clock at night after dinner, and I could be on a dark street that I didn't know. Whereas at a hotel, I know I'm walking into a hotel. It's easy. Ubers know the hotel names. Taxis know the hotel names. It's just a little bit safer. Yeah. A couple more sets of eyes on you yeah. coming in and out. Yeah. Um, I have learned more yes. recently to try and travel with a carry-on luggage. Yes. What is your standard practice when you're going places? Obviously, if you're gone for three weeks or so, I guarantee you're packing something or you're, you're yeah. checking a luggage. But yeah. um, it's been so fun for me. It's been like my number one travel aha moment is uh-huh. just fit it in one luggage. Yes. That's that way, like, if anything happens on your flight, you're good. Yeah. If you get grounded somewhere and you're kind of stuck and you can get off and catch a different flight so much more easily than having to get your luggage out from underneath. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's that's been really fun. And so I actually have my whole family packing in carry-on luggages as much as we possibly can. Uh So we can be versatile like because a lot of flight changes happen now. And we can just jump off and run to another one if we need to. And it's perfect. You can catch a last-minute flight when you're carry-on only. Uh huh. And the easiest thing for women is to do a capsule wardrobe. So... Basically, you bring all black basics and then maybe you bring like I have today. This is from Serbia, actually. Um, I bring a scarf that's got red. I bring a sweater that's got red and I bring some accents that have red. But basically everything else is basic black and it's called a capsule wardrobe. So you can switch up Mm -hmm. things the entire trip. Yeah. And I typically will take the same amount of things that I if I'm gone for four or five days and I can travel for four or five months, and I'm taking the same amount of stuff. Okay. It's crazy. Yeah. It's just when you travel to those colder climates yes. that the, the attire tends to take up a little bit more space. So yeah, that's where that's I true. get stuck, the shoes and the boots and uh-huh. all that kind of fun stuff. Um, 
What is a life motto or mantra that has carried you through your life, taking you to 65 countries and pouring your tips and tricks into your real estate clients and family and you know your listeners and followers with The Abundant Traveler? Yeah. It's basically just be brave enough to go. It's be brave enough to go. Be brave enough yep. to take that first step because it's the first step that's hard. It's hard getting on the airplane if you're not used to traveling. Mm -hmm. It's hard buying that first house or selling that first house if you're not used to doing it. Exactly. You just got to take that first step and go. Yep. And I left when I was 22 with $300 in my pocket and a one-way plane ticket to London without a job and without a place to stay. It was really hard to get on that plane. I don't but it know was too many people that can say they've done that. <laughs> and if you have, you must comment because yes. that is a life adventure. Yeah. And if you're not leaping into life with two feet, you yeah. know, like that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And going doesn't crazy necessarily... Crazy brave. Sorry. Crazy, crazy brave. brave. Yes. That's and why we call it an adventure. Being brave enough to go to take that first step doesn't necessarily have to be travel if travel's not your jam. Yep. It could be just brave enough to go... Do whatever it is that you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of how we live our life. I mean, since we've landed in Austin almost <laughs> three years ago, we, we try every week, every month, every weekend that we have free and what we're doing just to go do something new, try a new uh -huh. restaurant, get to a new part of the city, like see what we can go and do instead of just going to the same restaurants and the same locations and doing mm -hmm. the same thing all the time. And there is never a shortage of things to do or places to go. That's right. Especially in Austin. I know. At all. So um, I like to use our at-home experience mm -hmm. when we travel. So before yeah. I leave, I'm always getting on to um, whether it be TripAdvisor or whatever, all the different mm -hmm. sites, not saying that's what I go to. I get on Instagram and look up those specific locations mm -hmm. and see what people have recommended. And I make like a whole little note in my Apple phone, you know, the notes section. Mm -hmm. And so I can reference back to it while we're actually there. And I don't have to spend my time on my phone while I'm traveling yeah. either, you know? Yeah. So. And another great thing to do is to use Google Maps mm -hmm. and actually create an itinerary with your Google Maps. That way, when you go to this location or go do this food tour, this restaurant, et cetera, you save it. So when you come home and somebody says, oh, my God, I, you just went to New York City. Where'd you go? And you go, I went to this great restaurant. It was called... And you can't remember. Yep. All you have to do is look at your itinerary on Google Maps and it shows exactly what you did while you were gone. That's amazing. I heard something new recently and mm -hmm. I forget where I heard it at. Oh, I was on Mike Mills podcast last week and he, we were talking about how you look up restaurants and ratings and things like I still and this may be dating myself, go to Yelp and see what what the pictures are on Yelp and read uh -huh. a couple of the more recent reviews. Uh -huh. Right. And that kind of helps me whatever genre I'm looking uh -huh. for, whatever I'm doing. He said the new way to do it is to go to TikTok and look up stuff yeah. and find restaurants and things like that and what people think of them on TikTok. So that's something new that I'm going to be trying because I don't necessarily reference Google Maps often, uh -huh. but I do as a traveler and as somebody who goes to a lot of different restaurants and places, mm -hmm. I leave a Google review for a lot of the places. Yes. That's uh -huh. like my fun thing to do is mm -hmm. share my personal experience. If yeah. I had a good experience or I like something in particular about it, yes. and it makes me want to go back there, yeah. I for sure get on and leave a Google review. Yeah, that's a good idea. I, I don't use TikTok for restaurants. I use Culture Map. Okay. I use, which is a website. Um, typically, Culture Map is local people or expats or people living in the area that are writing the articles and about so the culture map is worldwide. That's mm -hmm. not just local to here. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's culture good to map. know. Eater.com is another great place to find amazing restaurants. In Europe, you can look at the fork. 
or Zamato. So there are, you know, here we have Open Table and Resi to make reservations. Yep. Um, and of course, if you're a if you're a big eater, then look at the Michelin Guide every year. So. Okay, there you go. Yeah, you're really into your fine dining experiences, right. which That's also right. take a lot of time for reservations. So that plan mm-hmm. ahead for booking and stuff. Yes. Um, do you have specific timeframes that you think that are better to like, don't wait until you only two weeks out, like try and plan your trips four weeks out? Or is it better certain times of the year to plan your trips a little more last minute? Because it's a little more off season. I, I mean, try and travel most of the time off season or what they call shoulder season. So instead of the middle of the summer, I'm traveling in May and September. Um, during the holidays, as far as ski trips are concerned, I tend to book them at the end of the summer for the next winter okay. because the prices are better. The flights are available to you and we can get better So better you deals. book it at the end of summer, not mm-hmm. for that, that coming up winter. Yes, that coming that up for winter. For that coming up winter. So, so you like, book in August for like January. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That as far as holiday travel, since, you know, we're in the winter and going through the holidays, I try and book things as early as possible because things do fill up. I also, especially flying during the holidays, I leave myself enough time uh, on layovers that even if my flight is late, I'm going to make the next leg. That's super important. It's worth spending an extra 45 minutes in an airport. Recently, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners can agree that if you only have an hour or less, flights are so inconsistent now. And a lot of it has to do with weather too, because of the season, it's fall. Um, but I've seen so many hiccups recently. So we try to book all of our travel to leave in the first part of the day because mm-hmm. there's less hiccups because the schedules of mm-hmm. um, flight patterns and stuff haven't been as impacted by tardy takeoffs or, you know, gates not being available or things like mm-hmm. that. So we've noticed booking that like last flight of the day has really gotten yeah, us. Never book the last flight of the Unless day ever. Yeah. yeah. Ever. I Always know. book the one before the last flight. If you want to leave your destination as late as possible, book the second to the last flight in case that one doesn't go. You at least have one more to. Because I'm the famous person and my family's probably laughing as they listen to this. I never want a vacation to end. And when I'm somewhere I'm at, I really get comfortable there. Like uh-huh. I still wake up in the morning at the same time and I still exercise and try and get my movement in. But if I know that I have that day and I can get late checkout at four, I'm not jumping on an 8 a.m. flight. <laughs> no. I'm going to have breakfast again. Uh-huh. I'm going to have breakfast again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do my morning walk. I'm going to try and get some more sunshine or water or whatever I need that day, another bike ride. And I'm going to leave at the last possible minute to get to my flight, to leave Agreed. myself enough time to get checked in and everything like that. Sure. But yes, I am the one that's always milking it. Uh-huh. And they, yeah. they laugh at me because my kids are like, I folded all my stuff and put it in stacks so we can use all our time, Mom. I'm like, okay, because then I could just throw everything in our bags and go. But that's funny. I'm the one that you kind of have to pull away from a destination every single time. That's the way it should be, though. I know. You should pull yourself away. I really do like to just soak it up. Uh-huh. Whether I'm in the mountains and it's cold and snuggly and we've got snacks left and we want to just sit and snack at the counter one more uh-huh. time and look at the snowfall or whatever we're doing, I'm just like- Or at the beach. Not quite yet. I'd rather spend more time here than in mm-hmm. the airport. That's, that's my favorite thing is like, no, I don't like hanging out in the airport. <laughs> mm-hmm, for sure. But you you know, at this point, airlines and flying and stuff can be such a mess. It's you just risk- have to leave yourself the enough time. The last six months, and we've traveled the most out of the last six months because I accompany Matt on business trips mm-hmm. and stuff like that now. And we are like, how did this happen? It was never like this. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, we traveled a lot through COVID because nobody was traveling. And that was like, that was a big perk for us to get Mm -hmm. around and go places we hadn't been. Um, But since the last six months, I would say it's been been bananas. 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 So, Mm -hmm. um, Kim, you are pouring into the travel community and you're pouring into your clients. Where and what do you want your legacy to be with the abundant traveler? I know you want to hit 100 countries. I personally want to hit 100 countries, but if I can encourage people to get out there and go see the world, it's an amazing place. And, you know, half of the United States doesn't have a passport. Wow. So if I can encourage people to take that trip wherever it is that they have always dreamt of going, we don't want to get to the end of our lives and we didn't do the trip, whether it's Paris or the Maldives or anywhere, Yep. you know, so... I hope that my legacy is more people travel. People are kinder. People are more well-rounded. People are softer once they travel, more um, adaptable. You really, adaptable. you really have that empathetic that mm-hmm. understanding for these other cultures and these other yeah. traditions and these other lifestyles. That's yeah, true. And you come home and you have more empathy for life around you. And you're you. able to share those experiences, whether it be food, culinary, yeah. or mm-hmm. customs and traditions or things like right. that. You kind of learn a lot. Yeah. I mean, you do learn a lot. Mm-hmm. It's um, pretty amazing. Well, you've been fantastic. Thank I'm you. sure we're going to get lots of questions because people are always itching to get out and do things. and Everybody's setting their goals yep. for 2024. So you can always reach Kim at The Abundant Traveler mm-hmm. um, on Instagram. And she's got a fantastic YouTube page. Yeah. So you can see her beautiful face um, sharing all her tips and tricks over the time. Um, and I appreciate you, Kim, joining me. Is there anything else that we should tell them? Because we always end every podcast episode with work hard, smile large. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And thanks for having me. I really love it. And there you have it, dear listeners. As we reach the end of this episode, I want to take a moment to express my heartfelt gratitude to each and every one of you. Thank you for joining us on this journey, for lending us your ears and your time. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review. Your feedback is our compass, guiding us to new horizons and exciting possibilities. 